Ooh, hello, and welcome to the 33rd episode of Curiosityness. I am Travis DeRose, the host, and this episode I have on Stephen Newland of Find Your Money Path, and he just helps us find our money path. He uh, He's just a fun guy to talk to, and we get into like budgeting and uh, getting out of debt and helping, you know, just kind of deal with money and talk about it. And he's, uh, he's very helpful. He's a really good, uh, he, he has a good take on it and, and how to deal with money and, and the different apps and, and tools to use and all that kind of stuff. Um, so without further ado, here is Steven of find your money path. And we are going, what's up, Steven? How's it going? It's going. I'm enjoying this uh, this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good day. Where are you at right now? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. That's where you're so, based out of? Yep. Yep. Originally from Ohio, though. I grew up in Cincinnati, so uh, I'm an Ohio transplant. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, so what brought you to Atlanta? The main reason was I graduated. I uh, went to the University of Cincinnati, uh-huh. and uh, when I graduated from there, I graduated back in uh, 2010, and graduated from there, and I moved down here to work for uh, uh, Delta Airlines in uh, in finance. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. I want to hear about that because that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't the uh, the Coca Cola factory that brought you there, huh? <laughs> It was not Coca-Cola. And it's funny, I, I if anyone's from Atlanta listening to this, you're probably going to not like me after saying this, but I think when I grew up, I was more of a Pepsi person, more oh. of like a Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper, you know? Okay, I see. So, sorry, Atlanta. Is there like a lot of uh, like Coke patriotism in Atlanta? Do you feel that? Oh, gosh. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, if you ask for a Pepsi down here, it's like no, it's like it's yeah, it's like a sin. Like you can't wow. you can't do that. You can't ask for Pepsi. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I like that. I've been to yeah. when I was uh, younger. My sister started like collecting I Love Lucy stuff, and so I was like, well, dang, I want to get in on the collecting game too. So I just chose Coke. So started collecting Coca Cola collectibles and everything, and eventually made it to the to the. Uh, Atlanta Coke headquarter factory thing there. And so it was pretty cool to check all that stuff out. But oh yeah. That's all did you did you do like any of the, the sample room? Like did you try all the different um, oh yeah samples and stuff? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do that stuff. That's fun. <laughs> That's everywhere too. They have that in in Vegas. They have that in like Disney World at Epcot. They they love that sampling stuff. It's good. Oh, that's awesome. Didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I guess let's get into it. You are the host of uh well, you have a website called Find Your Money yeah. Path. Yeah. Right? And that's what you yep. do. So I guess, yeah. Just, yeah, go ahead. Just kind of give us an overview of what it is, how you help people and, and all that stuff. Yeah. The, the the best way to explain it is I'm a I'm an accredited financial counselor. And essentially the main things that I'm, I'm helping people with is figuring out a way to pay off those student loans or those credit cards that are, you know, just hanging around longer than you want them to be. And just in general, figuring out like, how do I make this whole budgeting thing like work for me? And how do I make it so that it's not annoying and not frustrating and just easy to do? And that's pretty much what I, what I help people do. Mm -hmm. Is that, um, I mean, cause you've, you went to school and you, you had to get some, uh, student loans too, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I came out of school with about $55,000 of debt. Um, most of that student loans. Dude, that's that's rough. Yeah, I, luckily I've never had to uh, – I've never really been in debt, so I've never felt that 
you know, pressure, but I can imagine it doesn't feel great. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you, you kind of wake up every day and at least I did during that time I was painted back and I just felt this weight of, okay, like I have to keep, you know, I'm, I'm tied to something. I have to make this payment. Um, you know, and, and, and that's just like a weight on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take a pay cut to do something that you want because you're locked in. You got to make the student loan payment. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing for me. I was locked into something that I didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't like my dream. Right. Yeah. That's tough. Have, is that kind of who you, most of the people you help and that come to you, are they kind of in a similar situation where they have debt to pay off or is it more they're looking to save stuff and, and help with budgeting? Yeah. Most, most everyone I work with, not, not a hundred percent, but a good chunk of the people I work with have some sort of a debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's primarily what I'm dealing with. Yeah. So is that something that you think can be avoided completely or are there cases where, you know, it's kind of necessary to go into debt? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, it's a, it's a tricky answer. I, I would say that in the way kind of the, the, the structure is set up today, I, for some people, like, I think it is potentially unavoidable. Um, <clears throat> but I think you can avoid, um, going so crazy into debt that it like creates this huge impossible thing that you can never pay back. Like, you know, like I worked in school and had I been actually a little bit more disciplined, I probably would have only needed to get maybe half of that. Oh. Um, yeah. But like, so that's the thing is like, it just depends like what you're, you know, you can go to school and party all the time and, and not work, but then there's a cost to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think it can be avoided, but, um, or at least a good chunk of it can be avoided. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that kind of, do you, did you feel like that was sort of the mentality? Cause I didn't go to, I didn't finish, uh, I didn't go to like a four year college. I just did a associate. I have my associate's degree. So it was just a, a junior college that I went to and that was, you know, a thousand bucks a semester. So it's not, it wasn't very much at all. I was able to pay for that myself. Um, so I didn't really experience, you know, the whole college thing, but was that kind of the mentality for kids where it's like, well, you know, I'm here, I got the the loan out and graduate (laughs) school and and deal with it later. Pretty much. At least that was, that was my mentality. You know, I mean, it's pretty, the way, you know, they're, they're sitting there in the main strip of campus and they're like, Hey, do you want a free pizza? Uh, and you know, you just get this credit card. I'm like, yeah, free pizza. Who, who wouldn't, you know, who cares about the credit card? I'll, I'll cut it up later. I won't use it. And then, you know, you're 5,000, 10,000 in and you're like, that pizza wasn't, doesn't taste as good now. (laughs) (laughs) Expensive slice of pizza. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, and they hand, they hand money out like candy, man. Like I, I was like 20 and I had, I got a $25,000 check. And I was like, man, I'm balling. Like, I'm rich. I got all this money in the bank. Um, and they just, like, hand it over to you. Like, they make it easy. Yeah. And it's literally so. just like a, it's a check you get, really. It's not like it has to go to school, right? Yeah. I got I got one. I got a private student loan. And it was literally just a $25,000 check that I got in the mail. And I felt, like, awesome uh, when I got that. <laughs> I'd never seen that big of a check before, you know? Yeah. Cause it feels like free money kind of coming in. You, you don't, it did not fully click that you have to pay that back, that that's real. 
Yeah. I mean, I knew like, oh, I'll pay, you know, I've got like three years till I graduate. Like, ah, we'll get to that. Like now's the time to enjoy this and not worry about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not always the best way to approach it. Right. <laughs> so that's, is that kind of the majority of people you work with where they've, they have unfortunately kind of experienced the, the bad side of, they haven't been good with money and, and budgeted well or, or thought about it well. So they've cut, they're kind of in a bit of a hole now and dug themselves down a little bit. And then that's why they've come to you. you. Do you, do you really get people who are like in a good situation and, and they just come to you right off the bat often? I do. Oh, yeah. Okay. I good. not, not a big chunk, but like I would say maybe one or two out of 10. Um, okay. Like, Hey, like I just graduated school. Or I'm, you know, maybe I'm still living at home and I, you know, at this new job, I want to do this right. Nice. Um, that's, that's probably about 10 to 20% of the people I work with. Cool. Which I love those situations because, you know, you're not, you're able to do positive things with it instead of always kind of worry about the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't do anything with investment or anything like that. So what I'm, what I'm primarily helping people do is like, let's get some good disciplines around money. Then you got the rest of your life and invest and you can, you know, build wealth and, and all that stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool. So yeah, I guess let's just kind of get into it. Like how did, um, I guess what's your background? How did you, you kind of mentioned, alluded to it a bit, but like, how did you kind of get started with all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, it came from my own personal experience. Like I was, I was talking about how came out of school, um, you know, had, my parents got divorced when I was in college and that kind of took the financial footing of our, of our family and just kind of, you know, I mean, it, it kind of all went, you know, uh, went away from there. And, and so I was stuck with having to get all these loans out for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming out of school, I was like, man, I don't want to do this. So I paid off that 55,000 in four years. And I just like busted it and I, you know, had roommates and I just kept things cheap. And I, you know, I just, I kept living like I was in school. Um, and then during that time, I, you know, I had been doing corporate finance work and I just realized, man, what if I could, what if I could help other people just kind of go on the same journey that I just went on? Like, what if, what if that could be a job? What if I could get paid for that? Mm-hmm. And, um, that just kind of started getting me thinking, you know, and, and I had been volunteering, helping people doing this for a little bit. Um, and then I found out that a church here in Atlanta, it's a pretty, pretty large church. Um, it's called Buckhead church and they have, uh, they have a program where it's just centered on financial education and, just so happened they had a job opening around like the time that all this stuff was starting to, you know, happen. And I was starting to get all these thoughts and I was like, yeah, maybe let's jump. Like maybe let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of started, that was about five years ago and that kind of started my journey onto this. Um, yeah. Nice. So you kind of been, you've experienced it and been through it, but then you also have like the formal <coughs> education to really, back it up too, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. And you know, the benefit of that is like, you know, it's one thing to hear from someone on like, from a logical standpoint, like, yeah, just do this, like, just do a budget, just pay off your debt. But like when I can look someone face to face and be like, look, man, like I know, I know what it feels like to be there. I know it's not fun. 
but I promise you like there's a way out of this and you just got to stay disciplined. Like it has a different weight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so makes sense. So what is kind of, when someone comes to you, what's, what are generally the first kind of steps that you'll take with them to move them in the right direction? One of the first things I do is get kind of a, 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 an overview of like, where are things at? Like, what's the current reality? So, you know, what is, what is like roughly how much money are you bringing in? And then like roughly, like, let's go through all your expenses and all your debts and let's just get a snapshot picture of it. And then, um, you know, from there, I, 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 that's, from there, I, I tend to go a little bit deeper and say, okay, now let's, let's build some habits so that we can do this budget thing every month and where you're kind of paying attention to every month, like where are you actually spending money? And then how do you, and then comparing that to the budget to see, Oh yeah. Like, Oh man, I did eat out way too much last month. So Mm -hmm. maybe I need to adjust that again. Um, so that's, those are the first steps is let's, let's figure out, let's get an initial snapshot and then let's get some of these habits in place where you're doing a budget and paying attention to where you're spending money. Right. So is it kind of a, like, do you just kind of throw them in with everything and, you know, budgeting for everything? Or do you start with like kind of smaller steps and like once you kind of get this one, you know, you're, you're spending less on eating out, then you kind of step into like, okay, let's, let's look at your living expenses now and stuff like that. Or is it kind of everything at once? I, I do an everything at once approach, um, at least initially to get like a a bird's eye view of it Mm -hmm. and, once we get that snapshot view, it's really pretty easy to figure out where the problem areas are. Um, and, and a lot of times one of my favorite things to do is just kind of like subtly ask a couple questions and then like have my client be like, like come to the realization on their own. Like I'll yeah. guide them there, but it's very subtle. And um, I, because, you know, when, when the client realizes it on their own, it's like they're they're the smart person in the room. They're like, oh yeah, I came up with this idea. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>, totally. <laughs> but I'm behind the scenes, like being a little manipulative and like trying to guide them towards it. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and that's you know, and that's that's part of the process. Yeah. So are people? I mean, if people, someone's coming to you, obviously they're you know they're ready to get some help on this and kind of make some changes. But uh, how? With like willing our people to kind of change up their lifestyle and stuff to stick to this these budgets. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, and you know it 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 can vary. It's definitely a person by person uh, thing. What what I've seen is this: when someone has a strong enough, uh, I call it like the why. Like when someone has a strong enough why or a strong enough motivator behind this change they they are going to be so incredibly like ready to to make hard choices um and you know that can depend like if if someone uh one of the strongest motivators i've seen is like if someone just had a kid mm-hmm. they're like they're like man i you know I, I lived this way when i was you know single or didn't have a kid but this kid is like driving me to make this change like i i want to be a good example for them or um another mo- a really strong motivator is someone's just been in debt for like three, four five years. And they're like, I'm just sick and tired of feeling this stress mm-hmm. and they're ready to like go after it. But, um, but it, you know, I can only do so much. It, it's, it's ultimately up to the motivation of the client to, to move this thing forward. Yeah. Is that something that you kind of try to work with them on is to 
like find that like motivation for them or, or just like help their mentality about it a bit? Yeah. I, yeah. I talk a lot about mindset and how that oftentimes is the hurdle. Um, whereas like we, we, we always want like, well, just tell me how to do the perfect budget or like, what's the best app to use. But in reality, I think the answers are honestly like in our own minds. And I know that kind of sounds like fluffy, but you know, with a lot of things in life, like if we're in our own way, it doesn't matter what app is out there. It's not gonna, you know, you're just cause an app's there doesn't mean you're going to check it. It's up to you to check that app and to like, you know, be intentional with that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, w- one of the best ways to do this is I just tell people like, why are you, why are you doing this? Like, why, wh- what do you want to do with money? Like, um, you know, what would you, a good question I, I ask is like, if someone has debt, so like, let's say someone's paying $500 a month in debt, I'll, I'll ask them, I'll be like, well, if you could get $500 right now back a month and you didn't have to pay that out, like, what would you spend that on? Um, and that usually kind of gets at where they, you know, what their priorities are with money, mm-hmm. which can be a motivator. Yes. Yeah. I can imagine where you can, you know, instead of just paying off this money to debt, you can actually put it towards something that's fun and exciting and important to you. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like the other thing I always like to talk about with money is it's like, we don't just, we, you know, I don't, I don't want just people to pay off debt just to like hoard it all and save it all. But like if everyone had 500 extra dollars of like margin every month or whatever that number is, I mean, like think about how much more we could be generous, like how much more we could, um, you know, like travel or like spend it on, you know, entertainment and just going out with our friends or whatever. That's what I want people to think about. It's not, and and saving is good, but just like everything else, saving too much is just as bad as spending too much. And I, I talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that's an unhealthy relationship with money. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of, like, what do you mean by unhealthy? What's, what is the real, why is it bad to save so much? So, and, and, and it result, the result is often good. So if you'd rather save too much than spend too much, okay. like we can all, yeah, we can all agree on that. But <laughs> yeah. what, what I've seen with, with, uh, savers is like they, if it, for some people, like I met with, I met with someone, um, they had over a hundred thousand dollars in their savings account. Uh-huh. And like liquid, like they could go to the bank and get a hundred thousand out right now. They they were like, I don't think I have enough like in my in my emergency funds. And I'm like, what emergency is going to cost you a hundred k? Like yeah. what? And and so that's an unhealthy relationship because they're driven by fear. Mm-hmm. So fear is driving how they interact with money. What if what if they could have been? again, more generous with that? What if, what if they would have given 20,000 of that away? Or, you know, how many people could they have helped or, or what if they would have rather spent that 20 K on vacation and, and over the next 10 years they had, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like. But, um, my whole thing is just having a balance with money. You save some, you spend some, and we're not worried. We're not worried so much about it. We're not driven by fear or worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And it, it's, uh, yeah, where there's a balance. Cause it, it's nice to have a bit of a, you got to have your buffer in your bank account where you're not like worried about if each bill is <laughs> exactly. going to, you know, bring you below the line. Cause that's just horrible. You know, that, yes. that just brings in too much stress into your life. But yeah, when you can, yeah. 
when you have that in there, it's it's nice to be able to feel confident that everything's going to be fine. It it makes life a lot easier and, and healthier too, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and if I can just share like a little bit of a story just about my own personal experience with this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I grew up, um, and and I realized this as an adult, like I'm a saver. Like I, that's just kind of how my mentality was, but I got married three years ago. And, and before I got married, like I just wanted to save, 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 save. And I realized like, oh man, like when I got married, my wife's a spender and not like crazy or anything, but like, you know, that's just kind of naturally what she, you know, how she bends. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I realized was I would say no to like friends and like going out and like doing things that I wanted to do because I was, I had a fear of money, a fear of not having enough. And so once I realized that and kind of processed through that, I was like, no, there's like a better way to interact with money. Like there, you know, and you can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just be constantly stressed about it. Yes. Totally. So. Yeah, I like that. That's very true where there's, I don't know. So how do you kind of help people with, you know, they're making this much and then their their lifestyle needs to be like a little bit under it, you know, as far as terms of, of spending and everything like that. But when they are like, do those just keep, do they just keep going up or is there a, when do you start like kind of, I know that you say you don't really help with investing and, and stuff like that, but when do you start kind of in, investing, I guess, like when you do are making yeah. much more than you really need to or want to spend for you to just to, to support your lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I think the natural um, bend for a lot of people is like, oh, I get a raise. Like we've already set it in our mind. Like if I, if, if, if I got, if, if you said, Hey, you're going to get $5,000 raise next year, like within, a, within like 10 minutes, I've already like allocated where that 5,000 is going. I'm like, okay, 3,000 for vacation, like 2,000 in savings. All right, I'm done. Crap. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so I do see that a lot where you get a raise and then the lifestyle just kind of goes right along up with it. Um, but, you know, to me and everyone will have a day you know, on this. And again, I'm not like licensed in, in, um, financial investments products or anything like that. But my, you know, my personal view on it is if you have a, a, like a good emergency fund in place and you're at least on a plan or on a path to pay off some debt, um, you know, then I don't think there's any reason to not start investing, you know, especially if you're getting like a match at work, if you have an employer match, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I do tend to fall in the camp that like, hey, if you if you're if you're not getting that employer match and you have some debt, like it's probably wise to just pay off the debt first because, you know, the debts the debt's just a, a hurdle in the way of being able to invest more in the future. Yeah. So if we can just clear that hurdle out first, you know, we're only focused on one thing at a time, paying off debt. And then if we knock that out, then all of a sudden we have all this extra money and we can start investing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Get get rid of the debt first, and then we'll do other stuff. So, is that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. At least for me personally, that's something that I don't want to fall into. Is where I my like where my lifestyle just continues to rise up with the amount of money that I make because it it just feels like then I'll have more stuff to take care of and more things to worry about. You know, where I feel pretty yeah. happy where I'm at. Like I have some other things I'd like to 
indulge in like more travel and things like that. But I don't want to get sucked into that trap where I just am spending because I'm making. Is that, yeah. is that kind of, do you help people with that or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I would say the fact that, that if you're already thinking about that, you're, you're well on the way to, to achieve that. Um, what, what I've seen happen is that it's people who, who aren't, if we're not thinking about our finances or not thinking about what we want to do with money, when the raise happens or when that extra income or that extra client or whatever happens, then we tend to spend it in our mind right then. But if ahead of time you've sat down and said, no, these are like my priorities. These are what I want to do with money. And then when I get it, I'm just going to fund these priorities. Um, <clears throat> if you do that ahead of time, you've already, you've already planned for that raise. And then when it comes, you just put that raise towards your goals already. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the same, this might not be a great example, but it's kind of like going to the grocery store hungry. So like <laughs> if you plan what you're going to like eat, you know, if you plan your list before you go, you're likely to like hit your list. But then if you go hungry, you're like, okay, I need lucky charms. I need Cheetos. I need, totally. you know, uh, a pineapple. I need, you know, so it's that kind of, it's kind of a similar, uh, similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So can we get kind of into like the, like someone comes in for, for help from you. What is like the, the systematic steps that you take? Like, how do you actually, you know, track what you're spending? Um, and like, what are the tools that's, that are kind of being used or that you recommend? Yeah. One of the, one of the first steps that I have people do is, um, well, and there's kind of two approaches that I take and I, and sometimes I kind of feel it out, which is the right one. One is a forward looking approach and one is a backward looking. Mm -hmm. So, um, the forward looking approach is like, I would tell someone, okay, for the next two weeks, every time you spend money, i just want you to like type it in your phone. So like start a note on your phone and type in the date, how much you spent and where you spent it at. And just do that, do that for a couple of weeks and see what, see what happens. So that's, that's one method. Now that's not a long-term method, but this is, I'm trying to like get the process started. Yeah. Um, and so that's one way. The other way is if I kind of notice like someone's very like analytical and logical and kind of needs the, like the facts, I will have them say, I'll say, look, go back and pull like anywhere between one and three months of your expenses. And I want you to put them in every, like, I want you to assign each expense, you know, that might be a hundred transactions. It, it, it'll take a little bit of time to do, but mm -hmm. I want, I, and I have them assign each one to a category. <clears throat> is this groceries? Is this rent? Is this student loans? And then I tell them, just look at the numbers and see what pops out. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, those are kind of the initial short-term, short-term things I, I have clients do to kind of get started tracking expenses. Yeah. But not a long, not always, neither of those are a good long-term solution. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I have done because, you know, I started off with a, I was a balloon twister where I would just get cash tips Yeah. and that was my first job. And I was like, dang, I have no, like, I'm just getting cash, you know, it's just rolling in. I'm a high schooler and I'm yeah. like, I don't know how much is coming in and how much I'm spending or anything like that. So I started doing basically your first approach there where I, you know, got some, got an app that on my phone where I could, you know, kind of project how much money was coming in. And then literally everything I spent, I would mark it down on there right after I, I did it, like, you know, $2 on coffee, 
you know, whatever. So I was in the app like 10 times a day <laughs> and it was like dollar to dollar, but it really, really helped me to, you know, see exactly what I was spending on. And then, yeah, you can, everything's categorized and everything like that. So it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty handy. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. And so it, it, it is interesting when you, when you like think about that strategy, you're like, oh man, that would take forever. But I'm curious, like when you got into the habit of it, it was probably just natural after a while, right? Dude, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like I, I started doing that probably six years ago. I still do it. It's just yeah. like a total habit. I keep track of everything. So yeah, you say that's not like a good short term <laughs> thing. So I'm curious what the, what, what do you think my next step should be? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. And I, and I say, I usually say that's, that's not a good long-term solution, but I will say it actually like the, and I'll say that because the client in my mind typically doesn't want to hear that they have to do this like manually for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. But in truth, in truth, like it's the best way to do it versus an app. And I'm, 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 I today, well, actually just actually, no, today, um, even, I mean, in our personal finances, we do everything manually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every week I'll pull our transactions from our bank statement or our credit card, you know, credit card and debit card statements and, or, you know, just the website. And then I will literally log them in. I used to do it in a spreadsheet. Now I use an app mm-hmm. to do it, but I will manually type in, here's how much I spent. Here's where I spent it at. Um, the reason being is, is, you know, when we swipe our cards at Target or where like, or, or like, let's use a better example, Amazon one click, like literally one click, boom. Okay. It's at my door in two days and the money's gone. Yes. It doesn't even feel like we're spending money. It's yeah. just like, what just happened? I don't know. But like pistachios are at my front door. Like that's awesome. <laughs> um, I did order pistachios. <laughs> um, and so, and so paying attention to it and doing it manually actually makes us feel the pain of spending money. So like, yeah, so it's a psychological thing. Um, whereas if you just on mint and then like it automatically updates for you, mm-hmm. you're not feeling the pain point of, I went to like Chick-fil-A seven times last week. Mm-hmm. You're just seeing the numbers, but that's a lot different than having to type out Chick-fil-A seven times and $8 seven times, yeah. you know? And so that's, yeah, so that's the theory behind it. And, you know, some people are like, well, I don't have time to do that, right? And I say, I just think about even even myself, I I waste so much time, like, every day or every week. I'd like to think I don't, but I, if I were to go back and, like, look at it, I waste a lot of time yeah. and, or whatever, you know, I would, I would categorize it as wasting time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can spend 15 minutes a, uh, a week or 20 minutes a week being intentional in this area of money and it's going to help save me how much money over the long run, I mean, like we got to think that's worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's worth it over watching like one more cat video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love how that's like the the universal the time waster now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and so not to bash on like apps and stuff like that, but that that process will work for some people. Um, for others, they're like, look, just give me an app. I don't want to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that, you know, to to those to those folks, what I would say is. The only thing you have to pay a little bit more attention to is that you're intentional about logging into that app 
and looking at it. Mm-hmm. Because when I had Mint, when I first got started with budgeting, I just used Mint. And if I had a bad week of spending, I would just not log in. <laughs> I would just avoid it. Yeah. And so when it's a manual system, you it's it's on you. Like you have to do it or it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. And so um, the only thing I would tell people, you know, who use apps as a long-term tracking tool is set a weekly or a, 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 a every two week reminder on your calendar or, or, or your phone or whatever to log in and make sure you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting because I was kind of thinking of moving to like more of an automated uh, thing like Mint or something too, where, you know, but now hearing that maybe I'll, um, I'll probably reconsider and just kind of stick to what I'm doing because yeah, it's just such a habit, man. Every time I, I pay, you know, I just pull out the phone and it takes like five seconds, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, with Mint too, people think like it is automatic, but like if you've ever used Mint or one of these apps before, you know how like jacked up some of the category categorization is like it'll say target and then it'll put it in like fast food and i'm like what how did i don't know um and so you do have to go in there and still check every like item so i'm like if you're gonna if you want it to be act like completely accurate yeah so i mean there's time spent even with apps yeah that's very true and the thing that i like about you know manually entering it too is it kind of makes you or it makes me at least stop and think like, do I really need this thing that I'm about to buy? Or is it just mm-hmm. going to be like another mm-hmm. hindrance in my life of something I need to like take care of? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm very into that. Like, I don't know <laughs> if that's minimalism or whatever, but I just yeah. hate having like extra clutter and in, in things in my life that aren't really important. So it kind of makes you take, just slow down for a second and take that extra step of like, do I really need this? Do I really want to spend the money on this? Man, I am right there with you. Like, I, I agree. The more stuff you have, like, I, it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 how we live our life too. Like, yeah. something comes in our house, what else can go out? Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, because so. I like you know just from my experience, I, I this balloon twisting job I got when I was I started when I was sixteen. Yeah, when I was sixteen, and I was making pretty good money. And so I was able to buy a a new Challenger, Dodge Challenger, Black Challenger, you know, when I was 18. And, you know, that was sweet. I I had all this money, so I was like, well, I'm going to spend it on something, right? (laughs) And uh, had it for, I think I only kept it for probably two, maybe three years because it was just like that car was so much maintenance. First of all, it's huge. It's like hard to find a parking spot for that thing. And, you know, it was like my pride and joy where I was worried about parking it anywhere and getting door dings. And I washed it twice a week and, and just all this maintenance. And I was like, dang, man, I was, I was talking to my uncle about it. And he's like, you know, they're, they're pretty wealthy and they travel a lot and stuff. But he, he told me, he's like, you know, just think about everything that you buy immediately. It's just on its way to the junkyard. Like it's, it's, (laughs) it's <laughs> heading there inevitably, you know? So yeah. I'm like, dang, you're right. So I, I, I sold that. I sold my black challenger that I, it, I just hated taking care of it, you know? And I couldn't yeah. like not take care of it cause I spent so much on it, you know? <laughs> so I, I sold that and now I have a, a Jeep Patriot, which is just like a great <laughs> little car that's super versatile and, and I yeah. can park it anywhere and beat it up and it, it looks great anyways <laughs> cause it's a Jeep. So yeah. That's such a good example like of, you know, just when we buy expensive things like that, it's like, well, all we want is to like not 
nothing happened to it, you know, and then we're more stressed out about it than we were before with our like, you know, Honda Civic or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's so interesting. It's like purchases are supposed to make your life better and happier, not, you know, know, weigh you down and make you stressed about it. So exactly. Can I ask you a random question? Yeah, go ahead. What was what was the like coolest like thing that you made when you were a balloon twister? Like, could you make animals and stuff? Like, at a oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I okay. did. It, I made a lot. Like, basically everything. I worked at Downtown Disney. Oh no way! Yeah, so uh, you know all the Disney characters and everything like that. And it's kind of like once you learn, you can make anything really. Uh, you just got to take the time to do it. So I made like my you know big masterpiece was a twelve uh, foot tall Eiffel Tower that I made. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a picture of that? <laughs> yeah, I got that. I'll get that somewhere. Yeah, I'll send you a photo. That'd be of it. cool. That'd be cool to see that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. It, it's fun. It's it was a good job. It's it, it's great, you know. Um I got yeah. very lucky to have that. But yeah, you can once you learn, dude, it you kinda it sticks with you forever. And yeah. honestly, if you just take the time and, and look at something, you can build anything, which is it's it's pretty cool. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Whew. Wow, okay, cool. <laughs> So, I mean, so I guess when I'm like marking all this stuff down in my phone, I am using an app. I think it's called Spindy or something like that. There's a bunch of them, but it yeah. does, you know, it's an app. You have to manually put it in, but then you put it into a category and then everything's kind of calculated for you. And it's easy to see like a big, you know, report over the month or whatever. Do you mm-hmm. use something like that or are you just kind of using like a notes app? Yeah, I I use um, the the tool that we personally just are trying out now, and I'm you know I'm always trying new tools just to see what works for the client for clients. But is every it's called Every Dollar? Um, Dave Ramsey's a huge name in like the personal finance world, mm-hmm. and this is his his app that he's developed where um, basically you set a budget. And then you can manually enter transactions into it, and it'll show you like how much is left in that budget. Um, so I don't know if does Spendy have a I've I haven't used Spendy, but does it have a budget feature, or does it just kind of keep up with where you've spent the money? It does have that feature, okay. I think. Yeah, I think that's like okay. a paid feature. I just use the free one because I just need like basic stuff. Yeah. Um, I just kind of look at everything together. Gotcha. Um, and then I'll go back in the end of the month and be like, damn, I spent a lot on, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the cool thing. So every dollar is there's, there's a paid and a free version. The free version, you can do an app and tracking. It's the tracking is manual. The paid version, the tracking links up with your bank account. And then what it does is it gives you a bank of transactions and you, this is the paid version that I'm talking about. You have to go in and drop each transaction into a category. So like you're still spending the money on the app, if that makes sense. It's pretty oh. cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool feature. Um, Interesting. I do the we do the free version right now, where you just like type it in and then and then put it into the transaction. But um, so it's basically like if you were if you had Mint, but then nothing was calculated until you went in and like allocated it to the right thing. It's that's pretty a, cool. That's a good. Yeah. So do you think just doing that is kind of like a nice? It's, it forces it's almost like a best of both worlds situation there, huh? Where you kind of have to go in and 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 deal with what face the the wrath of yeah. what you've done to yourself. <laughs> that's that's exactly he's he's trying to set it up so that people have to pay attention to every single expense, every single dollar that I've spent money on. That app is gonna make you look at it. Uh-huh. So 
but you know, and that's hard to do. Some of us don't want to look at that. It's, it can be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> so. Whew. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that was called every dollar. I like that. I'm going to check it out. Um, so do you, I guess when you're helping people, would you help them more focus on like, I guess it sounds like you're more help people on budgeting and sort of saving money and stuff like that rather than, I mean, like what's the balance between like, well, I could just, you know, change this and save more and, you know, not go out as much and do this, or I could just try to make more money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it is a tricky balance. Um, it, and it depends a lot on income level. So, you know, if, if you live in a place where like your rent is, um, typically like 40% or higher of your income, it's going to put pressure on a lot of other areas of your budget. Mm -hmm. And so you may not be able to cut a whole lot and it might be an income thing. But if a lot of your spending is like these little expenses here, like $10 here, you know, $20 there, then that's usually a good sign that you can probably cut a good amount out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but if like the big items like car payment or rent are so are big, then it, uh, yeah, that, that's usually a sign that maybe you need to see if you can get some more income Okay. or, or get out of that how much you're paying in rent or get a roommate or whatever, but, right. but yeah, that makes sense. That, <laughs> that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was an obvious answer, but I like that. Yeah, that you said that, well, yeah. well, let me, let me add a little component on that. Cause I get this question a lot. It's like, how much should I spend on rent or like housing or whatever? And a good rule of thumb. And again, everyone will have an opinion on it is between 25 to 30% of your gross income. So before taxes and all that stuff, mm -hmm. that's kind of a general rule of thumb. Um, but you know, some people like, you know, if you live in LA or New York or Atlanta, even it's like, you know, there, the, the places that can fit, you know, 25 to 30% of, you know, a normal salary in those areas are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like it's harder and harder to do that. So, mm -hmm. uh, but that, I always like to give that because I get that question all the time of like, how much should I spend on rent? And it's a general guideline. Yeah. Yeah. Like that can, I'm in LA. So yeah, it's pretty tough yeah. to find, find places here. But yeah, it's kind of, you got to figure out what your like lifestyle is, I guess, like where, how, where you're willing to live. I, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's tough to just be like, well, I want to find, you know, the cheapest place, but then it's like, well, I'm going to be pretty unhappy living in, in this place, <laughs> yeah. in this neighborhood, you know? Well, and it's all a balance, right? Like, so some people are like, yeah, I'd rather spend more money on going out to eat and like going out on fancy vacations. And I don't really care where I live. And it's like, Hey, that's a, that's just a priority thing. Like that's how, but then some people are like, no, I want to live in, you know, Hollywood or, you know, I want to live in like Manhattan beach or whatever. I have a, I have a, an uncle who lives in Manhattan beach. And so like, I want to live, you know, in the prime places or Santa Monica. And then, um, you might just not be able to go out to eat as much. So, right. That's a good point. Just a, just a trade off. Yeah. Do you have any way of helping people kind of decipher what's important to them? You know, the, one of the best ways that to do it is truly like to lay out like I was saying before, lay out exactly where they're spending money now mm -hmm. and like get a snapshot of that. Yeah. And then 
and then just review it. I just review it with people and they're usually like, Oh man, I don't really like, I hate my place or, Oh man, I spent how much on eating out. Um, and I see that more often than not, like they, your priorities jump out at you when you look at everything on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I did this with like, it's part of my kind of journey too, but like I, I struggle, I've struggled with weight a little bit. And a few years ago I was like, you know what? I teach people about money. Like money and food is like very similar, like calories. You can only spend a certain amount of calories a day. Like it's very similar. Uh So I wrote down everything I ate and, and what I did, I did this for the first few weeks of, uh, it was like three years ago, first few weeks of the year. And I was like, man, I'm like snacking so much in between meals. Mm-hmm. I was like, my priorities is I'd rather have a better meal and snack less. And so, but it jumped out of me only after I started looking at it. Right. So. Cool. Yeah. I like that comparison. Yeah. Um, so jumping back to kind of, we talked about housing. Um, I don't know if you have, you know, if you have an opinion on this or anything, but what do you, this is just kind of an area where I'm at, where I'm considering like, the advantages and disadvantages between renting or like home ownership. Do you have mm-hmm. any um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, we, we became homeowners about three years ago or two years ago and there are pluses and minuses to both. Mm-hmm. So it depends. I always tell people, cause you know, every, everyone's like, ah, you got to own a house. Like that's the American dream. And like, that's how you're going to get wealthy. And you know, there are the pluses to that is if you're if you have a mortgage, it's your rent. You know it, your payment is going to stay pretty close to the same every every year, mm-hmm. whereas rent will go up. Um, but if you're not prepared with the foundations of like an emergency fund, and you know if you don't have you know um, if you have a, a bunch of debt, well, when your air conditioner breaks, you're going to hate that house, and you're going to wish you could call the handyman mm-hmm. for free when you were renting. And so my whole thing, you know, and the other thing with, you know, with housing is let's say you're young and you're like trying to figure out, do I want to stay in the city? Do I, do I want to leave the city? It might make more sense just to rent because you've got flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of it comes down to where you're at stage of life. Um, over the long run, obviously you want to own a home because, once you pay your mortgage off, you never have a rent payment anymore. Like, and then that's how you can build wealth. Mm-hmm. The less bills you have, the more money you get to keep. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the big thing I always tell everyone who's, who's in that stage is, do you have a good solid emergency fund? And, and what that means is between three to six months of expenses, like set aside, because I can tell you from owning a home for two years, We've already had the uh, had a washing machine go out. We've had a hot water heater go out. Um, my car got totaled the day we moved into our home. Oh, so, like, have an emergency fund because if you don't, that house is going to suck and it's going to be a stress on you more than it would be if you were just renting for another year. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yikes! So yeah. is the like would people would your would that emergency fund sort of need to be higher than you might initially expect if you are just renting because uh you know you're not used to fixing a, or you know buying a new washer or anything like that yeah i mean i mean i think a good 3 to 6 months of expenses is generally like a good reasonable number mm-hmm. um 
And typically what, what will be the case is when you go to get a mortgage, oftentimes, depending on how much of a house you get or a condo you get, um, a lot of times the mortgage will actually be cheaper than what you were paying before in rent. And so what I, you know, a good rule of thumb, you know, to keep in mind is if you're, you know, whatever you're used to paying in rent, just assume, you know, you're going to save that much on top of whatever your mortgage is for all that crap that's going to happen. Yes. Um, but in general, if you have three to six months of like, you know, let's say you spend $4,000 a month or whatever, if you have between 12 and $24,000, that's going to cover a ton of emergencies that could, that could pop up. Mm-hmm. So I see. Yeah. So, okay. When you say expense, like when you, that means like your total expenses that you're spending on food and everything like that. Yeah, every everything that comes out of your out of your account every month, that's how much you'd want to save up towards that three months. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and the theory, the, you know, the reason behind it is is you know if you lost your your job or if you had your in, your income stream cut out for three to six months, you would be able to completely survive for that period of time mm-hmm. without any outside help. Yeah, that makes sense. And hopefully, you can get back on track in that time. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That'd be a stressful few months, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So this is awesome. So I mean, when you're kind of someone comes to you, you share all this information with them that we basically just talked about. You kind of get them on the right track. What are generally the most common mistakes or things that people <clears throat> run into that kind of knock them off track or they don't they don't follow up with? Yeah. The the biggest thing that I see is like when you reach out to someone for help, I mean, this is like all of us. Like if we go to the doctor or if we're going to, let's say like a, like a, a, a fitness coach or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. personal trainer, we're motivated in that moment. But then three months from now, once we've maybe, we've kind of lost that motivation, we, we slip back into the old habits we, we had before. Um, <clears throat> so, so finding ways to stay motivated is a big one. Um, and one of the biggest mistakes I see is that people, people don't see like immediate results. Like, you know, you haven't, Oh man, like I haven't paid off that $10,000 of debt yet. It's like, it's been two months, you know, give it, give it some time. This is a process. Um, so, so that's one thing. Another thing that I've seen is, um, people will do like one over our overarching budget. Um, and like say like this is just my budget, but what I what I tell people to do and what I've seen where I've seen mistakes be made is that every month is different, so every budget should be different, and we budget every single month because you might have a birthday party or a bachelor party that you're going to in January that you're not going to go to in February, and then you know. For example, like November, if you're traveling for Thanksgiving, that looks way different than July when you might be going to um, <clears throat> what's the Coachella or something, right? Like mm-hmm. or whatever, like that. That's gonna that's gonna make a big difference. So I tell people budget every single month because every month is a little bit different. Okay. Um, and then the third thing I would say would be so. First one was was kind of losing motivation. Second one is not, not getting detailed with the budget. The third one is not tracking expenses. So, you know, the budget is a, is our plan, 
But if we're not looking at reality compared to that plan, the plan is irrelevant. Yeah. We have to look at how we're spending versus what we actually wanted or intended to spend. And then that's going to show us where we're off track. Right. So those are kind of the three areas I've seen. That makes sense. Yeah, you really got to track, measure and track everything too. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess what is, must be kind of frustrating is, you know, when you're in debt and you set this goal to get out of debt is there's not really like a big reward at the end. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, now I'm, I'm at the starting line. I'm at zero, yep. I guess. It's more... It, it's just more like a mentality. I'm sure it feels nice. Um, but yeah, there's not like a big trip you get to go on, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's actually though one thing that I, I will tell people is plan a, a reward into this plan. So oh. like plan a huge vacation and, and you know that, you know, so, so don't, don't count yourself out of debt until you've paid off your debt and you've saved up for this awesome vacation. Mm-hmm. And then that's your celebration moment. So, that that's actually a great way to keep someone motivated, because yeah. um, you're associating that with like what you said is like a neutral event, like well a positive event. Like I want to get out of debt, but it's not like going to Paris on vacation. You know, like there's, you know, it's a good thing, but you know, it's not as exciting as maybe something else. But if you tie that to like something awesome, you're just thinking about that awesome thing, and that's driving you. Mm-hmm. That's that's later. Yeah. That's very true. That's good about anything for for dieting for any goals really too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna eat like six tubs of Ben and Jerry's when I lose 15 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, but it's a good point. Yeah, cool. Well, this is awesome. I appreciate all this info. Um, it's it's extremely helpful. It's nice to talk about this stuff, and it is important to uh, learn and, and kind of know all this stuff where we're not. A lot of people, I think, escape uh, childhood and adolescence without really learning this stuff, and then they get themselves yeah. into trouble. It's yeah, and and man, money money is one of those the most isolating topics. So like, we don't want to like talk about it with other people. Um, like, we wouldn't want to share right now. Like, here's how much money I made last year. Like, it, it's just not a you know, it's just not a natural thing for us to want to talk about our personal money situation with somebody else. So, but man, so many people out there are in the same boat and are struggling and like have debt. So I love that we're talking about this openly and and having a conversation because I think this breaks that mold of this being like a taboo topic that like no one wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, um, so I mean, just from talking to you, it sounds like travel is kind of a a more important thing in your life that you guys value? Is that true, you think? Yeah, for sure. Like we we try to plan a, a, a vacation every year, like a, a trip somewhere every year. Nice. Yeah. How long are your trips generally? Um, they're usually like about a week or so. Cool. Um, yeah, we've got we've got two dogs, so we're like, we don't want to leave them. We don't want to be away for too long. Yeah, it's tough <laughs> with the dogs. Yeah. So but, and then, uh, uh, after college, you worked for what airline did you work for? Delta? Delta, yeah. And then you got, did you get flight benefits with that? Yeah, that was like, I had no idea that was a thing until I got, I got an internship with them in college and, uh, and, and also worked for them out at, right out of school and like literally could fly for free anywhere. Dude. Um, 
which was like insane. Like I, I did not grow up traveling. I went on like two vacations my whole childhood. <laughs> so when that happened, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? I got, I get what flights. Okay. <laughs> like I was crazy. Like it was crazy. Yeah. That's cool. It's almost like a way to combine. Cause people will take like a year off of, of uh, school or work, whatever, after high school or college. But this is kind of a way to combine those two. You can get into like a job and then also travel a bunch. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Like we, you could, some of the, some of the things we would do, man, we would, we would like work Fridays, you know, we'd be at the office, which is right by the airport. We'd catch the free like shuttle over to the airport, the employee shuttle. And then, you know, it'd be five o'clock. We'd be at the airport with a backpack and we're like, we want to go here, but if we don't get on the flight, then we'll just go to Boston instead, or we'll go to Milan or we'll go to like Madrid instead. If we don't get on that flight, like, It was crazy, man. Like it was, it was like a dream come true. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And all um, your coworkers are in the same boat. So you could plan something and have all these people to go with. That is exactly it. So like, well, there were eight of us who interned, I think about eight of us each, each time we, we interned at Delta, uh, while we were actually in college. So we would like take six months off school. We would go down, come down to Atlanta from Cincinnati and work and then go back to school for six months. But we were like all eight together. And man, we were gone. We didn't know anybody in Atlanta. Like we just, we traveled every weekend. We just hopped, hopped on a plane somewhere and just went, which oh, um, is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Is that pretty competitive? Is that hard to get into? Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I honestly don't know. We had a relationship with our school, um, that, so it was like a, it was just an opportunity that like came up on the website. Like when you look to see like what internships were available, mm-hmm. um, but I'd imagine it's, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine it's somewhat competitive, but, um, if you, if there's not like an existing relationship there, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's cool, man. And, and I imagine yeah. as the word gets out too, it'll get more and more competitive, but that's true. is that something that, do you know if most airlines do that or is that specific Delta? Yeah. I've got friends at other airlines and from what I understand, the Delta has like the most lenient policy in the industry. So like we, I said free, basically we, you would pay $50 a year <laughs> to get access to flights. Right. I know it's That's like, free, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and then you could fly domestically, like anywhere in the United States and like, yeah, anywhere in the United States for f- completely for free. But then if I went to like Europe or something, like you'd have to pay tax, like some sort of a tax, mm-hmm. like an airport tax that they had. But I, I mean, we're talking like anywhere from, Thirty dollars to a hundred and fifty. So I mean, free, like yeah. <laughs> pretty much free. <laughs> right. And the crazy thing, man, is like we were in college, and um, you only get on a flight if there's extra seats that are aren't paid. Right. Like, and so, but like, we would get first class seats to Europe like all the time. <laughs> And we're like 21 years old. Yeah. Like sitting up and like with all these business people and we're like, I'll have another champagne, please. <laughs> and you're like, where am I right now? Oh, <laughs> dude. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. But the other airlines, I think they charge. You have to pay like per flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I understand. So Delta, if you, if you're going to get into the, into the flight or air aviation industry and you want flights, go to Delta. Cause that's probably going to be the best, the best bet. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Right on. Yeah. 
Man, well, it's fun talking to you, Stephen. I appreciate all the info you're sharing, and you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening appreciates it. Um, so, like, if they want some more help from you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, best place is findyourmoneypath.com, um, and I've got a blog over there. And you know, whenever you're not listening to this podcast, if you want to listen to another podcast and add that into the rotation, I just do um, uh, usually like ten minute or less kind of tips on money mm-hmm. and it's just called find your money path. And that's, and that's on um, all the big, all the big places. So mm-hmm. sweet. Right on yeah. social media or anything. Yeah. Um, it's at find your money path on Instagram and find your, and facebook.com slash find your money path. Okay, perfect. So. I'll, I'll throw links to all that stuff in the, uh, description for people to get easy, but, uh, yeah, that was great. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for being on, man. Appreciate all the, uh, info and sharing everything. Yeah, this was awesome. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. I love this format. Yeah, cool, man. Well, have a good one, Stephen. Appreciate it, all right? Yeah, take care. Hey, guys. Travis is here again. Um, so the podcast is over. It's done. So you can just leave right now. So don't worry about it. But I just had a couple things I wanted to mention and say to you guys. So first of all, thanks for listening to the episode or watching the episode. Super appreciate that. Um, if you want to connect with me or in, in the podcast, uh, we're on. We have a website. It's called curiosityness.com. Um, curiosityness is C U R I O S I T Y N E S S. Kind of weird, um, but that's what it is. Curiosityness.com. Uh, you can go there. We have an Instagram. Instagram.com/slash curiosityness podcast. So not just curiosityness for the username. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Trav DeRose, T-R-A-V-D-E-R-O-S-E, if you want to find just me. Um, oh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash curiosityness. We're on YouTube. Uh, I think just go to YouTube and search curiosityness and we'll pop up. Uh, I don't think we have a URL for that one, sorry. Oh, and we have a, I have an email address, Travis at curiositiness.com. So if you want to email me, you know, give me your thoughts on the show, suggestions, tips, uh, maybe like a suggestion for a new, for a guest who could come on, maybe yourself or somebody that you know who might be interested or, or you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know about that stuff. I, I would love to hear that. Um, Oh, and then if you could leave a review, too, for the podcast, that would be super appreciated. Uh, the reviews in, like, in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, wherever you're listening to this, super help. Um, just drop, like, a star, whatever star review. I won't tell you to do five, but it'd be nice. Uh, so drop a review. You can write a review even, too, if you want. That would be even better. Um, but that's about it. So thanks again for watching. I super appreciate you, you know, listening to the whole show and staying here. Um, And yeah, thanks again. Have a good day. Bye-bye.